You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, we want to spend some time this morning thinking through this epistle text from Galatians 4. We've called it the riddle of the two sons because St. Paul has this extended allegory that is, in, in some ways, like a riddle that needs to be untangled. But to get us warmed up, I'd like to consider first the banner that sits before us with the cross there and Jesus on the cross and the words, do you love me? I think this banner is like a riddle as well. At least there are two distinct different ways to read it. And it all has to do with who's asking the question. It doesn't have, you know, like the uh, comics, a little circle with a little line saying where the question is coming from. So we have a couple of options. It could be that Jesus is asking the question to you, to us. As he suffers the wrath of man and of God, he is asking us if we love him. And if this is how it is, then this is truly a terrifying image. It would be like Jesus saying, look Look here how much I love you. Look at how much I've suffered for you. Look at how I've shed my blood for you, died for you, and you. What are you doing for me? Your love for me is paltry and meager and failing. That is a terrifying picture. But if the If the question is coming from the other direction, and this is how I want to suggest that we read this banner, if the question, do you love me, is not the question of Jesus to us, but it is our question to Jesus, then it is totally different, is it not? I mean, here we are, gathered here this Sunday morning in all of our sins and all of our failures, in all of our guilt and all of our shame, enemies of God that deserve His wrath and His punishment, and we come and we ask Jesus if He loves us, and He answers by dying on the cross. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves you. His love for you is what compelled Him to go through the suffering of the cross, to go through the pain and the shame and the whip and the crown and the nails and the spit and the mockery and the darkness and the wrath. It's His love who, which brought Him to that point. As we sing, love caused your incarnation. Love brought you down to me. Thirst, your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. Now, all of us have this question. Uh, In fact, I think this is the most important question for us to ask in our entire life, to, to come before God and to ask the question, do you love me? And here we see the answer. The cross is the answer. Yes, God loves you. And you can undo the love of God just as easy as you can go back in time and pry Jesus off of the beam of the cross. In other words, you cannot do it. Your sin and your shame cannot undo the love of God for you. It stands. Yes, I love you, says Jesus, as he stretches out his arms, as he gasps for his last breath. Yes, I love you. So let's let the banner preach the gospel to us. 
and preach the comfort and the peace of the love of God. Now, as we do this, we see that there's a, there's a difference. There's a difference in the two preachings that we hear, even from the Scriptures, and this is the difference between the law and the gospel. Now, this distinction is going to help us with the epistle lesson. So, law and gospel. Both the law and the gospel are God's Word. Both the law and the gospel are true. Both law and gospel should be heard continually. But the law and the gospel are very different in their content and in their purpose. God's law tells us what we are to do. The Ten Commandments summarize the law of God, that we should love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And we break the law. We are sinners. And the law shows us our sin. Remember from your catechism, the law is a mirror, bright, to bring the inbred sin to light that lurks within our nature. So the law, like a mirror, shows you your sin. And in doing this, the law condemns you and shows you your need for a Savior. The law has both threats and promises. Threats of punishment for those who break the law and promises of blessing for those who keep it. But those promises are conditional promises, conditioned on your obedience. The Gospel, on the other hand, is not what you are to do, but rather what God has done to save you. The Gospel is the promise of the forgiveness of sins won for you by the death of Jesus on the cross. The Gospel, then, is good news. In fact, it's very, very specific good news. It's the news that the death of the Son of God in your place has won for you life and salvation and the forgiveness of sins. So the law has to do with our works, but the Gospel has to do with the work of Christ and our faith in that promise. Now, this distinction is going to help us sort out what Paul is getting at in this rather complex epistle lesson, this extended allegory that comes to us as a riddle. He's talking about two boys, two moms, two mountains, two cities, but really he's talking about these two things, the law and the gospel. So we need a chart. You'll have to imagine a chart. Or if you're, in fact, if you're sitting next to one of the compromands taking sermon notes, you can just look at their chart. They have this chart, this page. So you can imagine it or look over their shoulder. Imagine a blank page with a line drawn down the center, and on the top left you have law, and on the top right you have gospel. And we'll fill it out. Under law, you have works and slavery. And under the gospel, you have promise and freedom. Here's how Paul writes, beginning with verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. God had called Abraham from the idols of Ur in Chaldean to be his man. He promised Abraham that his seed would bless the world. But Abraham and Sarah, it's, at least it seemed, couldn't have children. So they took matters into their own hands. Sarah gave Abraham her maidservant, Hagar, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Ishmael. Now the Lord came and said to them that Ishmael was not the promised child, but that Sarah 
Abraham's wife, that she would have a son. And remember, this is where Sarah laughed at God. But sure enough, a year later, Isaac was born. So Paul says, the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through the promise. So now we start to fill out these two columns. Under the law, we have works of the flesh and Hagar and slave and Ishmael. But under the gospel, we have promise and Sarah and free and Isaac. You got it? We got it. You got to be with me so far because it's about to get complicated. <laughs> Paul is going to go on to add a number of things to both of these columns, to the law column and then to the gospel column. So first, let's go down the law column, beginning with verse 24. Paul says, Now this may be interpreted allegorically. Those women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. So under the law column, we add Mount Sinai, where God gave the Ten Commandments in the Old Covenant, and we add the present Jerusalem, where the Pharisees lived, who were insisting that salvation was a matter of works and keeping the law. The church in Galatia was being oppressed by these kinds of false teachers who were insisting that the people had to do good works to be saved, that they had to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses if they wanted to be Christians. So they were mixing and they were confusing the law and the gospel. And Paul was saying, you see these guys, these Pharisees, these Judaizers from Jerusalem, these preachers of Moses and the Old Covenant, they are bound up to the law, bound up to the flesh, bound up in slavery, and they are leading to death. But Paul's going to add to the other side now, to the gospel side. He says this in verse 26. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it's written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. So now almost all of the parts have lined up. Apart, uh, there's Hagar and there's Sarah. There's Ishmael and there's Isaac. There's flesh and there's promise. There's slavery and there's freedom. There's Mount Sinai, and he doesn't mention it, but there's Mount Calvary. And then there's Jerusalem now, and there is the Jerusalem above. There is law and gospel, bondage and freedom, death and life. And this is the point that Paul, the picture that Paul wants to bring to us because the question is now going to be in which column are you? Which column is your doctrine, your theology? Which column is your church? Which column is your heart? Are you living in the slavery and the bondage of the law? Or are you living in the joy and freedom of the gospel? That's the question, but Paul is going to answer it. Listen, verse 28. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of the promise. The Lord's Christians, the Lord's baptized, are children of the promise. Your life is not in Moses. Your life is in Christ. 
And your joy and your peace is found in the blood of Jesus. Your hope is in the forgiveness of sins. You are not making yourself good enough for God so that you can stand on your own two feet on the day of judgment. That road is the path of the law and it is a dead end. You are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You are born again, not by the will of flesh, but by the will of God, by the water and the word, set free from the fear of death because you know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. You are children of the promise. God be praised. Now, Paul is going to make an application of this. And there's some wisdom here. He's going to say, just like Ishmael uh, hated and persecuted Isaac, So those who are bound up by the law hate and persecute those who are free in the gospel. Picking up at verse 29. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. We see in the history of the church this verse written out, this theme, that the gospel is persecuted and troubled. That those who belong to the gospel are persecuted and troubled by those who are bound up to the law. But we rejoice in this, even in this persecution for the sake of the gospel, knowing that we belong to Jesus and to his promise. So Paul ends the text with this great promise. Verse 31. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. You belong to the promise of Abraham. You belong to the promise of his seed. You are the children of freedom, children of promise, children of the gospel, children of the blood of Jesus, children of God, loved by the Holy Trinity, died for by the Son, rescued from sin and from death, not by your works, not by your efforts, not by the works of the law, but by His loving sacrifice in your place. This is our joy. And this is our confidence in life and in death that we belong to the promise, that we belong to the blessings and to the freedom of the sons of God. So you got the two columns and the chart in your imagination, right, to help us unravel this riddle of the two sons, the two cities, and the two mountains, one with law, slavery, bondage, death, the other with gospel, freedom, life, and promise, And your name, dear saints, is written under this word, gospel. Your name is written with the blood of Jesus right next to Isaac and Abraham and freedom and life and promise and peace and joy. Your name is written by the sacrifice of Jesus Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So rejoice. Rejoice in this promise. You, like Isaac, are children of the promise of God. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.